We're at the bottom of Kuf Yud Gimel Amad Beis, about five lines from the bottom, where it says, V'tachas <coughs> This is another Pasik that talks about clothing. It's related to that. So that's Bepashtus, why the Gemara brings it here. And it's also the same Amiraim that spoke about the Psukim before that are arguing about these Psukim as well. That's what Rashi says. So this is a Pasik. First, let's read the Pasik inside. V'tachas <coughs> And, and beneath your honor, Yikud, Yokad, he uh, will uh, burn, Yikud ki Yikud Eish, a flame, like a flame of fire. What is this Pasik talking about? The bottom of Kuf Yud Gimel Amit Beis. We're talking about the time when Sancherev came with his army and placed a siege on Yerushalayim. And this is the Navu of, y- of uh, Yecheskel probably. Is it Yecheskel or the Navu of Yeshaya? Just a second. It's the Navu of Yeshaya that is uh, saying what's going to happen to the whole army, that Abish is going to burn them alive. But here there's a three-way machlaikis exactly what does v'tachas k'voidei mean? How will Abish to burn them? Om Rav Yechenen, Rav Yechenen says v'tachas k'voidei means beneath their honor, v'loi k'voidei mamish, it doesn't literally mean their honor, which would refer to their bodies, rather it refers to their garments. Rabbi Yechenen Latamei, and this is Rabbi Yechenen following what he said earlier in this daf, that Rabbi Yechenen Kari Lamone Mechabdusai. Rabbi Yechenen referred to his garments as the ones that give me honor. So basically, what it's saying is that the Abish is going to bring a fire, and beneath their garments, which is their bodies, the Abish will burn, and their clothing will remain intact. That's the Pshadir, according to Rabbi Yechenen. Rabbi Lazaimer, Rabbi Yezah says, Vetachas Kevoidai means Tachas Kevoidai Mamish. Literally, uh, the word tachas means uh, not beneath, but instead of. The word tachas many times in Lashon Kaidish means instead of. Tachas kevoide means instead of their honor, uh, meaning that the Abishter will, um, re- will, will, will pay them, will punish them. That instead of their honor, they'll, have, they'll be burnt, which means that uh, they're, 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 they're going to be entirely burnt. I mean, the result is the same, that their, their bodies will be burnt, but he just learns it out in a different way. Tachas means instead of, and Kavayde does refer to their bodies, that their bodies will be burnt into ashes. Rab Shmuel Banachmeni Banachmeni says, Tachas Kavayde, what does Tachas Kavayde mean? So he teaches, this is how Rashi explains it, Rab Shmuel Banachmeni teaches the word Tachas to mean beneath, but he teaches the word Kavayde to mean the body not the garments. So therefore the result of his pshat is different. That the army is going to be burnt the way the children of Aaron and died. Just like over there by Nodav and Aviyu, the neshama was burnt, but their guf remained intact. The Ebishter took away, burnt their, their, their souls, and their guf remained intact. So the meaning of Tachas Kavayde, according to Rav Shmuel Ben Achmeni, is Beneath the neshama, sorry, beneath the guf, kvayda is the guf, beneath the guf is the neshama. And the fire of the Abishter will reach beneath the guf into the neshama. But their guf will remain intact. So we have, uh, we have three different interpretations how to touch this Pasik, but it's really only two pshatim as far as what happened. Two opinions say that the Abishter burnt their bodies and their clothing remained intact. 
And the third opinion is that they wish to burn their neshama, they wish to snuffed out their neshama, and their guf remained intact. It doesn't mean, it, yeah, I mean the comparison to Aaron Akain's children is interesting. It doesn't mean the, the nefeshal a kiss like by a yid, but it means their life, the, 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 the nefesh, their life will be snuffed out and their guf will remain intact. Yeah. Another thing about wearing uh, special clothing. Minayin. From where do we know that to show honor, you change your dress? So where do we see this in a Pasuk in the Teira? Because it says, by the Aved of the Kainim, they remove their regular priestly clothing, and they wear different garments. This is when they take out the ashes, the outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Rabbi Shmuel says, The Teda here is teaching you the proper conduct. The clothing that you wear when you're cooking for your master, that's not, you don't wear the same garments when you come and you serve the kais directly to your master. So the same thing over here, the begodim that they wear during the Aveda of taking out the deshen, <coughs> is not the same begodim that they wear when they do the Aveda, when the Kainan do the Aveda. What other begodim do they have? Don't they only have the fourth begodim, or they just change the same form? No, uh, no um, uh, could be the, the begodim that they wore for the Tzor was Bechlal not... Uh, yeah, wasn't the regular big Dekona Bechlal. So the Mashayr says that this is also Meramez on Shabbos. Bishobem Kededa is when the person is preparing for Shabbos, he's cooking for Shabbos. The clothing that you wear when you cook for Shabbos should not be the same clothing that you wear when you're making, when you're holding the kais of Kiddush in your hands, making Kiddush. That's I what the Marsha says. I because I have to catch up. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning in Shul, and I'm le- reading this Gemara about mm-hmm. changing clothing on Shabbos. There's a guy standing in front of me in jeans and a t-shirt and, and sneakers. On Shabbos. This is summer Shabbos. This is right, right over here. This is the Gemara. Mm-hmm. There's a Sikha from the Rebbe on this Gemara also. On Shabbos clothing too early either. Okay. Yeah, okay. There is a sikha from the Rebbe on the Sinyan where the Rebbe explains when you get to the Karbonis, uh, why the Haitzah Sadeshan had to be done with different clothing than what's done in the Beis Mikdosh. This marshal of the Gemara here. So the Rebbe just points out in the Pshat of the Gemara that when you're serving your master, there's what you do in his presence. And that's what you do in the kitchen, that's not in his presence. That's one difference. Another difference is, there's when you're actually serving your master, and then the ones you're, when, 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 there's when you're making preparations. When you're making preparations, so you're not yet serving, it's only a hachana, or sometimes even a hachana lehachana. So that doesn't uh, necessitate the same level of uh, garments. But the Rebbe asks a Gishmaka question. If this is the pshat over here, that, the, that you have to, this difference between the cook and the person that's serving the master, so you should expect that it should be different kainim. Not the same kain. Why isn't there a kain designated to do that kind of work? And a kain that's there to do the work on the Mizbeach, just like it is with the people that serve the master. There's the cook in the kitchen, and then there's the, the person that's the waiter, or the person that's, that comes into the room where the king is to serve him, the butler. So why is it Bechlal the same person? Elamai, Mikan Raya, that when it comes to serving the Eivishter, a person should never say that there are certain Avedis that's befitting to me and certain Avedis that are below my dignity that I won't do them. When the Eivishter tells us to do something, a Kayan has to be there and ready to serve the Eivishter regardless of whether it's a Chashuv Aveda, whether it's a Aveda on a low level, a Yid is bottled to the Ratzin of the Eivishter to do either one. And the same person, if he has to dress in these clothing, or dress in those clothing, dress in more Chashuv clothing, he'll, he'll take on that personality, whatever the Eivishter demands of you. 
It's a gnai, it's an embarrassment, it's not right for Tamat Chachem. That he wears uh, shoes that have patches on it walking out in the marketplace. Rab Acha Barchanine did walk with uh, shoes that had patches on it. So Rav Acha Bereid Rav Nachman explained, If it has one patch, it's fine. But if it has a patch on a patch, it's so torn that it's so noticeable, so that's an embarrassment. The Talmud Chacham shouldn't walk out that way. Call Talmud Chachim Shanimtzer Revav Al Bigdoi, a Talmud Chachim that walks out and he has a stain on his garment. Chayiv Misa. He's Chayiv Misa. Shanemar Komesanai Ovumovis. Those that hate me, David just says, love death, because they, they'll bring death upon themselves. So the Gemara Darshans, Al Tikre Mesanai, don't read it as Mesanai, Ela Masniai, those that cause that others should hate me. As Rashi explains, when you're walking out, when a Talmud Chacham walks out with a stain on his garments, so people say, look, look at these people that learn Teireh, and they can't dress like a mensch. And that brings people to hate people that learn Teireh. So you're, you're causing this, so that's why it's Chayi Chayv Misa. I wonder, not to be controversial at all, but the Banan that get into situations that they, like with all the abuse cases, here we're talking physically about a stain. I know, but look at the, the, okay. the, the concept of yeah. Tamil being careful of things that he says publicly. Yeah, Ravina Omar, Ravina says, Rivad. The um, way to read the statement of Rabbi Yechenen is not a Talmud Chacham that has a stain, but a revad. As Rashi says, the meaning of a revad is a stain from Zera, from Shikva Zera, from semen. That's the kind of stain we're talking about. And that's where it's a problem. Revad Itmer. So the Gemara explains, and there's no machlaikis here. If you have a stain on an upper, on the, an external garment, so that's a problem, whatever stain it is. And ha belavusha. And when we're talking about the revad, which is a specifically a stain of shuchazera, that's from an undergarment or another layer that's below. That's where that's a problem. What's the pshat on this that it says in an avua? Kashaholach avdi Yeshayahu. My servant Yeshayahu went how? Orum v'yachaf. He was walking without any clothing and barefoot. So what's this nevuah all about? It can't be understood literally that he was walking without being dressed and barefoot. Orum means that the Eivishter told him b'begodim beluim that he should walk with, sh- with the shreds, with, the, with clo- clothing that are um, torn, worn out clothing. V'yachav and that he was walking with uh, shoes that were patched up. So that was a special nevuah, a special Indian that he had to walk around this way. According to other Mepharshim, was not me, physically. It means it was all part of his vision that he saw himself walking around this way. It doesn't mean kapshute. Tanan Hasa, the Gemara brings a Mishnah that's related to this Indian about the stain on the clothing of a Tamat Chacham. So we learned in a Mishnah as follows. This is regarding the uh, mitzvah of Tvilor, when you have to table something that's Tameh. So there's the concept of chatzitza, benigayetet filah. Something has a stain on it, and especially if you're makbid on the stain, if it's disturbing to you, and you want to remove that stain, so then the chatzitza is an issue. In many cases, if you have a chatzitza, and you're not makbid, in most cases, if it's not on roiv of the garment, or roiv on the keli, and you're not makbid, the chatzitza does not count. So here it's going to go through different cases of a stain, what is it considered to be a stain that a person is makbid? Rivav ala When you have a stain on the saddle of a donkey. 
chaitzitz. That's a, that's something that a person is makpid on, and therefore it's a chatzitzah. Rapshim begamlielayme at keisrei talki. It's only in the size of an isra italki, size of an Italian isra. Vala begodim, stains on the garment of a person, mitzad echod einechaitzitz. If it's a stain that's only on one side of his garment, he's not makpit and therefore it's not a chatzitzah. Mishneitz dodin, if it's, a, if it's a stain that went through and through, it's on both sides, that's something that a person is makpit on and it is chaitzitz. Rabbi Yehudaim emishom Rabbi Shmol. In the name of Rabbi Shmuel, he said, Af mitzad echot A stain on a garment, even if it's just on one side of the garment, a person is particular about that, and therefore it is a chatzitze for the tefillah. So, so he asked the question, according to Rabbi Shmuel, this is as Rashi says, this is a question particularly according to Rabbi Shmuel. Mardas, going back to what it said in the beginning of this Mishnah, the saddle of the donkey, mitzad echot oimishneitzdodim. The stain that we said before that it's a chatzitza is that if it's a stain from one side or the stain absorbed and went to both sides. Amalei, so he answered him, Zulay shamaiti. I didn't hear clearly what Rabbi Shmuel held in that case, but shamaiti. I heard something similar. The Tnan, because we learned in, in, in the Hemshech of that Mishnah there, it says, Rabbi Yaisi Yaimeh shel banoin which are called banoin, as the Gemara will soon explain, the garments of Tamidei Chachamim, mitzad echad. A stain from one side is also enough to be a chatzitza. V'shel bor, a garment of a bor, of an amaoretz, of an ignoramus, mishneitz dodin. Only a stain from both sides is something that he's particular about and it will be a chatzitza. So therefore he said, based on this, v'loy tehei mardas chashuva mi bigdushal amaoretz. A saddle of a donkey should not be more important that a person is more particular about it than the beggar of an Amaoretz. If by the case of an Amaoretz we say that he's only makbid if it comes on both sides the stain, so for a saddle of a donkey we could assume that it's the same, that the kpeda of a person is only if the stain is on both sides. My banon. So why are Tamid Chachamim referred to as banon? These are the Tamid Chachamim that are Isaac, that are occupied in building the world their entire lifetime. How are Tamid Chachamim building the world? So the Marshahir says, because the Abishah creates the world through the Teireh. The Teireh is the blueprint of creation. And the Tamid Chachamim that learn Teireh are the ones that are really holding up the existence of the world. There are so many uh, places that the Rebbe speaks about this. Uh, my modern from the Rebbe, the Tamid Chachamim Marben Sholem Ba'ilam, and Chol Banayach. There's the Maimon from the Rebbe, Chol Banayach Limudi Hashem. And other years where the Rebbe talks about this Indian, uh, the are called the children of the Ebishter and the builders of the world. They are the ones that the world really stands upon them. Who is considered to be a Tamid Chacham? Now, the Allah is by a Tamid Chacham that you return an Aveda, a lost object, usually you have to give a simon. But a Tamad Chacham, you could return the item to him if he says that he recognizes it. Even he can't give you a simon, but he says he recognizes it, you have to give it back to him. So who falls under that category of being that Tamad Chacham? This is a person that wears his garments in the right way. He won't wear it in a way that you can see the seams or the rough edges on the, on the other side. He's careful how he wears his garments. It's interesting, so that this is brought by Riches over here, the Mepharshim speak about this, even the Taisa Sarash speaks about it, that uh, there's a famous Gemara in Bab Metziah that defines a Tamad Chacham in other ways, not by what it says over here. 
It says over there a person that's careful with his puriya, with his achsanya, um, uh, and with mishana b'dibur. The Gemara there gives different uh, requirements for a talmud chachem, not what it says over here. And what it says over here is not even brought in Shulchan Aruch. So the Teretz that Mefarshim say is, this is not really what defines a Talmud Chacham. What defines a Talmud Chacham is something else. There's a special conduct of who a Talmud Chacham is. Just wearing the garments in the right way is not what a Talmud Chacham is. But what the Gemara is saying is, even a person that does meet the requirements of being a Talmud Chacham, he's learning a lot of Teira, and he conducts himself like a Talmud Chacham is supposed to, but this basic sensitivity of the way he wears his garments he doesn't have, so then that, that takes away his whole status of a Talmud Chacham. If this basic sensitivity doesn't have, so then he doesn't, we, we don't uh, give him this status that he's able to recognize his uh, lost objects like a Talmud Chacham. Another thing about a Talmud Chacham, Talmud Chacham, Parnas al Who's a Talmud Chacham that could be appointed as a leader over the Tzibur? It's an individual that you ask him, Mahalacha, in any area, in any Indian, and he could answer you. Even asking him a subject about what's written in Masechta Kala, which is a small Masechta, it's an easy Masechta, but it's not a Masechta that people usually learn. If he could answer you in any area, even in Masechta Kala, then he could appoint him as a leader over the Tzipor. Who is a Tamad Chacham that the people of the city are obligated to do his work for him, to provide for him? He leaves his own personal things. And he's busy, he's occupied with doing the Ebishter's needs, the Ebishter's desires. And what exactly are we referring to that you have to provide for a Tamad Chachim? To work hard to provide for him his bread. Or as you see from Rashi, to provide for him the necessities. But to provide for a Tamad Chachim any luxuries, that's something that you're not obligated. But the stories that you see about that he asked he wanted to become a rabbi in the city or something. We had a Sinai in America, and he asked about the Sakta. Which Sakta was that? And he couldn't uh, couldn't answer. I don't remember now. It could be in Hideous, maybe. Okay. Zakta Gemara Vaita Vamarabi Echen and Ezeo Tamat Chachim. Who is a Tamat Chachim? So it's interesting. Now Rabbi Echen returns. Same statement that he said before, but now Rabbi Echen is going to say and add to this a little bit differently than before. Who is a Tamad Chacham? You'll ask him a question, a halacha in any area, and he'll answer you. What's the difference? Why does this matter to know if he's a Tamad Chacham or not? To appoint him as a leader over the Tzibur, which is what, which is what was mentioned before that Rabbi Yechin himself said. But now over here he clarifies and says as follows. If he could answer you in one Mesechte, Ba'asre. Then you could appoint him as a leader in his place, in his city. If he's able to answer you in any area of Shas, in any halacha, then then he deserves to be appointed as the Rosh Hashiva for all the Talmidim. He's on a much higher level. So basically, he's going back to what it said before. That's it's a different pshat in Mepharshim, but according to one pshat, he's clarifying what he said before that a person can't be appointed as a leader unless he could answer you in all areas. That's only going to get to being a Resh Mesifta, to be a Rosh Hashiva. But to be a leader in his place, it's even enough if he could answer you in the Mesifta that he's learning. Now this goes back to what it said before, the Banoim, that there's the garments of the Banoim. So before we said that the Banoim refers to Talmid Chachamim, and the word Banoim comes from Binyan, that they are the builders of the world. Rabshim ben Lakish said a completely different shot. 
the word Banoim is actually connected to an Aramaic word, not a Hebrew word of Baina, but the Aramaic word for a Merchatz is a, ba, ba, a, a, a Banya, ban, Banoi is a, a bathhouse. That's Russian, correct, I know, but it's also an Aramaic, which is. Uh, Banya is Spanish. Huh? Spanish. Also Spanish, yeah. okay. This refers to the towels of the bathhouse, bathhouse attendants. That they bring from overseas. They had these special towels that they used to give the people that came to their bathhouses. And they were very particular about this. And that's why even if it had a stain that was only on one side, they wouldn't use it anymore. That's what we're talking about. So the Gemara says an interesting thing now. Should we say that these attendants, they would use white towels? But we see from what Abiyanai told his children that the towels that they used in the bathhouse were not white. Because he told his children, Bonai, my children, do not bury me, not with white tachrichim, not with black tachrichim either. Why not? Not with white tachrichim, perhaps I will not have the merit. And then, I'll be like a chosn, which is dressed in white, amongst those that are dressed black, if we'll be in Gehenna. And he'll be amongst those that are dressed in black. And he's going to be dressed in white. He's going to be out of place. And also, don't, uh, don't put me on white, uh, black tachrichim. Because shema eske. Maybe I will merit. And then I'll be like a mourner amongst chasanim. And I'm dressed black. And everyone else is in Ganeidin dressed white. That's uh, the pshat that it says in some of Arshim. That this refers to Ramirashi over here. It says Gehenim, uh, Ganeidin. Others say that it refers to Lasad when you'll get up for Tchiyas Amesim. So he's going to get up for Tchiyas Amesim with his Tachrichim. So he wants, he doesn't know who he's, if he's, when he gets up for Tchiyas Amesim, he's going to be amongst the Tzadikim or amongst the Rishayim. So therefore, you see from here, from this Gemara actually, that even Rishayim are going to get up for Tchiyas Amesim. Even those that are going to be dressed in black. So he didn't, he says, don't dress me not in white and not in black. What? So what tachrichim should they dress him in? Dress me in the garments or in these uh, towels and the garments that uh, the uh, bathhouse attendants use that they bring from Medina Sayyam. So what color were they? So Alma, we see from this, it wasn't white, it wasn't black, it was another color, it was colored, it was red or another color. So, so how are we saying that when we, Rab Shimon ben Lakish's pshat was that the stain that we were talking about is the stain on these garments. The stain is only noticeable if it's white. If it's a colored garment, you don't notice the stain bechlal as much. So for sure, it's not something that a person is makpid on. It shouldn't be a chatzitza. So it seems like we're saying that it was white and therefore there's a chatzitza, but it wasn't white. So the Gemara answers like kashe. It's not a question. Ha beglimi and ha belavushi. Glimi, which was a uh, upper garment, there was two layers, I guess, that they gave there in the bathhouse. So the, the, the external, the upper garment was glimi, that was sumki, that was red, or that was colored. The lower, the under, undergarments that they gave in the bathhouse, that was levushi, that was white. And that's what we were talking about, that the person is makbid, the bathhouse attendant is makbid on the, on the stains that there is. Okay, we go back to the Mishnah. Yeah, today we don't do like what Rabbiane told his children. There's other Gemaras about that. Yeah, it's white. Okay, we go back to the Mishnah now, where it spoke about Shabbos versus Yom Kippur. Preparing from Shabbos to Yom Kippur, from Yom Kippur to Shabbos. 
So there was a machloikis in the Mishnah between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Shmuel, Oymen Mekaplan. So it said in the Mishnah, Rabbi Shmuel says, you're allowed to fold your garments and prepare your beds from Yom Kippur to Shabbos, because Shabbos is holier than Yom Kippur. But you're not allowed to prepare from Shabbos to Yom Kippur, because Yom Kippur is like a weekday Legabi Shabbos. And the same thing also when it came to the Karbanas and the Beis Mikdosh. So Rabbi Shmuel said that you can uh, burn the fats from the leftovers of Shabbos on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is allowed to serve for Shabbos, because Yom Kippur is less holy than Shabbos. But the leftover fats from Yom Kippur cannot be burnt on Shabbos. Rabbi Kiva said, no, Yom Kippur and Shabbos are the same, Kedusha, they're the same thing. There's no nafkimena yeah, between them. If what, if what? No, no. The calendar doesn't uh, allow that to happen the way it's established. But uh, when you were Makadash or it was possible. But Yom Kippur is not called the Shabbos of Shabbos? The Lashon Shabbos Shabbos is said regarding as well, but the Einish of Skila that's on Shabbos, if you Machal Shabbos, does not apply to Yom Kippur. There's only an Einish of Kodesh. The Gemara will bring the Psukim now. So we learned in Abraisa that explains the source of their Machlaikis. So the Pasik says regarding the Karbanas that are brought on Shabbos, this entire Pasik is extra. So what are we dashing from this Pasik? So Limed, what it teaches you is, Al Shabbos, the fats of the Karban of Shabbos, Shekreven Biyoyim when it says Bishabatoi, since it's extra, we say that it doesn't only refer to Shabbos, but it's telling you that you could bring the fats of Shabbos on another Shabbos, which is on Yom Kippur. So Yochel, Afshay Yom Kippurim Bishabbos. I would think that it works the other way around as well, that the fats of Yom Kippur could be brought on Shabbos as well. Tamud Loimar, so over here you see in this extra Pasik that the Pasik is saying Bishabatoi. The Vav Bishabatoi is saying that from Yom Kippur could only be brought on Yom Kippur, not on Shabbos. So we have both a ribuy and a miyot in this Pasik. We're adding to say that from Shabbos could be brought on Yom Kippur, but we're also excluding that from Yom Kippur cannot be brought on Shabbos. This is Rabbi Shmuel's source. Rabbi Kiva Aimer, we dashen, he dashes the Pasik in the same way, but he applies it differently. Oila Shabbat means limit al chel be Shabbos shekreven be yomtif. You could bring the fats from Shabbos on a yomtiv that follows. Yomtiv is on a lower level than Shabbos, so you're allowed to finish the karbonus of Shabbos on yomtiv. I would think that you could be makriv, the chalovim of Shabbos on Yom Kippur, like Rabbi Shmuel said, that Yom Kippur is on a lower level. So the Vav, Shabbat Toy, is teaching me that he can't bring the Shabbos fats on Yom Kippur, like Rabbi Shmuel said, because Shabbos and Yom Kippur have the same level of holiness. So they're arguing, so they're arguing whether the drash of air applies to Yom Tif or it applies to Yom Kippur. So the Gemara now explains the source of their machlaikis, how to touch this pasuk here. If you'll analyze this concept deeper, and you'll, you'll be able to say as follows. Rabbi Shmuel's opinion is, If a person made a neder or a nedove, he's donating on his own to bring a carbon, it's not an obligation, but he made a donation, that's a carbon that could be brought on Yom Tif. You're allowed. This is a machloikis, as Rashi here brings in Masech the Bay, it's a machloikis, whether I am on Yom Tif, you makriv, any karbonis that a person donates. So Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel would hold that you're allowed to. So therefore, 
it's not necessary to say, you don't need any special pasuk to teach me that the fats of Shabbos could be brought on, 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 on Yomtif. It's obvious. You could even bring a nether and a dove, you could bring your own donations on, on Yomtif. For sure you could be mocked of the leftover fats from Shabbos. So therefore, So the extra pasuk of Eilat Shabbos B'Shabbat is coming to teach you that the fats from Shabbos could be brought on Yom Kippur. However, according to Rabbi Kiva, nedarim unedaves ain't craving be yomtiv. Your own donations of karbanis you cannot bring on yomtiv. Vichi yitzrich kra lemishre be yomtiv. So therefore, this extra pasuk is coming to teach me that you bring the karbanis on yomtiv, and not for yom kippur. Yom kippur and Shabbos are equal. Amar Rabzeide, said, ki avinah bebavo. When I was learning Torah in Bavel, we had a few times Rabbi Zayda learned in Bavel and then he went to Eretz Yisrael. That's when Rabbi Zayda fasted 40 Tanesim or 100 Tanesim and he went to Eretz Yisrael to forget Talmud Bavli and he went to learn Torah in Eretz Yisrael. So he said that when he was in Bavel, so he learned the Braisa one way, as the Gemara here will now bring, which is relevant to what we were discussing, and then he, he heard something else when he came to Eretz Yisrael. So Omri, I would say, this that we learned in Abraisa that says as follows: Yom Kippurim shecholias erev Shabbos. Yom Kippur falls out on a Friday. Loi hayu taken. They would not they would not blow shayfer or blow with chatzitzris on erev Shabbos. We learned about this in the first parak of Shabbos that usually on erev Shabbos they would blow a few times in order to prepare the people for Shabbos to stop doing malacha. Different they would blow different times on erev Shabbos. But when Yom Kippur fell out on erev Shabbos, they would not blow. If Yom Kippur falls out on Matzah Shabbos, you don't make Havdalah. You don't make Havdalah on Matzah Shabbos in the davening. And uh, like uh, on Sunday, right? If Yom Kippur fell out on Sunday, Matzah Shabbos. So, if, for example, if Yom Kippur falls out on Matzah Shabbos, you do, make, you do say Havdalah. You, you, you say um, whatever. But if Yom Kippur falls out on Shabbos, so you don't make Havdalah. Divrei Hakel. So he says, when I was in Babel, I said that this Braise, everybody, both Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva, that were arguing about the status of Yom Kippur, in contrast to Shabbos, everybody agrees to what it says in this Braise. Whether Yom Kippur is on Friday, whether Yom Kippur is Matzah Shabbos, you don't blow on Erev Shabbos, you don't make Avdala on Matzah Shabbos. Divrei Hakel. There was no reason to say that Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva argue about this. But then, Kisaliknala, someone I came to Eretz Yisrael, Ashkechite, I found the Yehuda, the son of, of Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi. The Yosef Ka'omar, he was saying, Rabbi Kivihi. This Braise here is only going according to Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva holds that Yom Kippur and Shabbos are equal. The Rabbi Shmuel, because if we're going according to Rabbi Shmuel, Kivin the Omar, since Rabbi Shmuel says, Shabbos, that the fats of Shabbos could be brought on Yom Kippur. So there is a leniency, there is something in Yom Kippur that you could do, that you can't do on Shabbos. Right? That, and, and it doesn't work the other way around. From the fats of Yom Kippur you can't bring on Shabbos, but the fats of Shabbos could be brought on Yom Kippur. So Litka, there is a point of blowing Shefer on Yom Kippur that fell out on Erev Shabbos, ki heichi yodi, to make the, the people should take notice of the fact that the fats of Shabbos could be brought on Yom Kippur. So there is, a, according to Rabbi Shmuel, there is a point of blowing shayfer to make that distinction between Yom Kippur and Shabbos. So it's interesting, as Rashi points out, even though when they're blowing the shayfer then, it's not relevant right then, because that right in that year, because if when Yom Kippur falls out on Shabbos, you can't bring the fats of Yom Kippur on Shabbos. But this would be relevant for them to remember in another year, if Yom Kippur is going to fall out on Sunday, that the fats of Shabbos will be able to be brought on the Sunday in Yom Kippur. 
But they're blowing the shayfer to make that distinction between Shabbos and Yom Kippur according to Rabbi Shmuel. That's what this, uh, who is it over here? Yehuda Bered Rabbi Shem Ben Pazi said. So Rabbi Zayda says, and I answered him and I said, no, there's no reason to do this. Even according to Rabbi Shmuel, uh, Rabbi Shmuel that says that there's a difference. Kehanim's reason, hey. Kehanim has reason. Kehanim are very conscientious about their Aveda. They don't have to be reminded what could be done when they remember on their own. It's not necessary to remind them. So he said, he commented about this. Do we say that Kainim was reasoning? They don't need any reminders. We learned in the Mishnah, three of the blasts that they would blow. This is what was blown in the Beis Mikdash That they blew. That this is the Rashi over here brings. It's from the Gemara and Sukkah, that they blew in the base of Mikdash, that they stopped doing the Malacha there. And Shaloi Shlahavdil ben Kaidish Lachail. And three of them was to separate between Kaidish and Chail. So since this was blown in the base of Mikdash, the assumption is that this is to stop the Kainim from doing their Malacha. And uh, we see that Kainim are not reason, at least not Lagabi this. They have to have the reminder that they should stop doing the Malacha. And says the Gemara, no, the Pshar of it, it's not for the Kainim. This is similar to what we find that Abaye said in another place, Lashar Amad Yerushalayim. Even though it was blown from the base of Mikdash, but it was for the purpose of all the Eden that were in Yerushalayim. This is brought actually to something that was put there in the base of Mikdash as a reminder for Saifzman Krishma. The concept of having a reminder for Saifzman Krishma, hanging a sign in the shul where it says Saifzman Krishma. You have it in the, uh, the Beis HaMikdash, they had this special thing that would shine, the sun would reflect upon it, and they would know when the sun comes up, Shari, not Seif Zman Kriyashma, it was actually Tchilah Zman Kriyashma. They had, they had, it reminded them when it's Netzacham, and they could say Kriyashma. So the Gemara there says, Abaya says, it wasn't for the Kainim, it was for the Yidin in Yerushalayim. So, Hochanami Lashar Amad Yerushalayim. Here as well, they blew Taka the Shaifer in the Beis HaMikdash, but it was for the Yidin in Yerushalayim. But the Kainim are Zrizn. The Kainim don't need this shayfa being blown for them. Frek the Gemara, going back again to the separation between Yom Kippur and Shabbos. Is there any point in blowing the shayfa to separate between Yom Kippur and Shabbos? Velitka, Frek the Gemara, but there's still another reason to blow because there's another leniency that there is in Yom Kippur that you don't have in Shabbos. What is that? Kehechi, the lady, in order that you should know, the shari bekinivas yerek mincha ulamayla, that Yom Kippur has a leniency, you're allowed to trim the vegetables to prepare them to eat them after Yom Kippur. Now, the, trimming these vegetables on Shabbos is not allowed because you're not allowed to do anything on Shabbos to prepare for the weekday. Same thing on Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to do anything to prepare for the weekday. But because a person is fasting and he's totally distressed about the fact that he's hungry, so they allowed him to trim the vegetables to prepare it for Motzi Yom Kippur. So, you should blow Shafer, you should blow to make that distinction between Shabbos and Yom Kippur to remind that Yom Kippur is more lenient that you're allowed to uh, do this. Um, Rav Yasef, so Rav Yasef answers, You don't um, allow to blow Shafer, which is the Isim To blow Shafer on Shabbos or to blow Shafer on Yom Kippur is Asim There's no Isim to blow Shafer, but there's an Isim to blow Shafer. We're not going to allow you to blow Shafer. For what purpose? Just to point out a heter. To point out the heter that on Yom Kippur you're allowed to trim these vegetables. They did make the gzeda to blow shofar to announce and to remind people to stop doing the malacha. 
Or, as Taisu says, before the Gemara was suggesting to blow shofar to remind you that you're allowed to burn the fats, that's in order to remind you that you have to burn these fats, that it shouldn't become nicer. So that's something that's relevant, important, that you shouldn't be over on nicer. But stam, to blow the shofar to be mat to this isra, to blow the shofar for the purpose that to remind the people of a leniency, that for a heter, that they didn't allow. Rav Sheisha, Berei, the Ravidi Yomar. Rav Sheisha, the son of Ravidi, said, Shabbos Kroiva, Shvus Kroiva, Hitiro. They allowed to blow the shofar for something that to remind people of a leniency for a heter that's relevant right now. Shvus Rechoika, Lo but to remind the people of a heter that's not relevant right now, that they won't matter. So Rashi explains what this means. What happens if Yom Kippur falls out on a Friday? And they're going to blow shofar on Yom Kippur afternoon to remind people that they're allowed to prepare the vegetables for Matzi Yom Kippur. Is that going to be allowed? The answer is, if Yom Kippur fell out on Erev Shabbos, it's not going to be allowed anyways. Because as soon as Shabbos comes in, they're not going to be able to uh, cook these vegetables anyways. They're removing these... Uh, uh, that's what Rashi here says. Yeah, It's in order to cook it on Shabbos or to eat it, to, to cook it on Shabbos. And anyways, you're not allowed to cook it on Shabbos, so it's not relevant for this year round anyways. It's going to be relevant for the following year. So it's a heter, which is not relevant for now. Rashi How says here... They're going to be blowing the shofar now to remind you for next year if that next know. year on a regular Yom Kippur, on a regular Yom Kippur that uh, fell out in the middle of the week, to, 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 yeah, not yet, to remind you that you're allowed to prepare your vegetables on Shabbos to cook them for Matzah for, for matzah Yom Kippur. But uh, it's not relevant right now. It's not relevant <coughs> this year when it falls out on Shabbos. So therefore that, they won't matter. Okay, so the Gemara asks on this, but to blow shofar. On Yom Kippur, to remind you of a heter that's relevant now, that they wore matter. But now, we learned in the Mishnah, Yom Tov Shechali is out of Shabbos. Yom Tov fell out on Friday, taken, so they blew Shefer on, on, on the Yom Tov, on Friday, to remind you to stop doing the Malacha when Shabbos comes in. But you don't, you don't say Avdallah when you're going from Yom Tov to Shabbos, you don't say any Avdallah. Matzah Shabbos, Yom Tov falls out on a Sunday, Mavdilin, so you make Avdallah, but Veloit Taikin. You don't blow Shoifer towards the end of Shabbos to remind you that Yom Tov is coming in. Famai, but why don't you blow Shoifer on Shabbos to remind you that Yom Tov is coming? Litka, you should blow Shoifer, Kiheche, the lady, the Shari Bishchit, the altar, to remind you that as soon as Yom Tov comes in, it's allowed for you to shecht, to shecht, to be able to eat. If you're saying that they blew the Shoifer to remind the person of a heter, as long as that hetter is something that's relevant right then, so then, towards the end of Shabbos, they should blow shofar to remind a person that as soon as Yom Tov will come, it's allowed for you to shecht. Ella, so therefore the Gemara concludes, Yosef, the answer, the best answers like Rav Yosef said before, you don't blow shofar to remind a person of a hetter, you only blow shofar to remind a person to stop doing malacha or the, for a chumre, for, to, for an isra that's coming, not for a hetter. But if you have a promise to, to say that this day of coming is more coming, no? Yeah, that's what Taisa says before, correct. Okay, this is just that's not interesting. This is the source, and if you look in the bottom Taisus of this Amud, this is the source for the fact that Matzi Yom Kippur, we blow Shafer. Right at the end of Yom Kippur, you blow Shafer. People think you blow Shafer, and what's the reason? Why do you blow Shafer then? So Taisus over here says that people say that you blow the Shafer, it's connected to the Yevil, that they would blow Shafer on Yevil. But Taisus says, Is it Yevil every year? Rather, the reason you blow Shafer is to remind people to prepare the Suda on Matzi Yom Kippur. It's Ke'en Yom Tif. 
Okay, so even though you're not you're not blowing, um, preparing pre- to prepare the yomtiv. Well, that's the uh, to prepare the suda. <laughs> it's a lot the, the reason you're blowing the yeah. yeah the reason you're blowing the shayfer and and alpinigla. It's brought in the Altarebbe Shochanarach also. Alpinigla. The reason is to remind people to prepare that matzi yomtiv is a matzi yom kippur is a yomtiv and you have to prepare a suda. Because the Gemara over here is saying that uh, you blow shofar on Shabbos to remind you that yomtiv you could shecht, that people should remember to shecht to make a yomtiv suda. So, so why do we only blow on Yom Kippur and not any of the yomtiv? Matzi yomtiv is not a. That, that's the whole chiddush of it. You fasted the whole Yom Kippur, so you call Matzi Yom Kippur to remind you that it's a suda and that it's a yomtiv and you have to prepare a suda. There is the, there is the reason it says al is that you blow the koil poshet and Matzi Yom Kippur. That's the the, the koil of the etzim that's that, that that's higher than all the hundred koilus. But al pinigla, this is the reason. Huh? What's a greater yomtiv than that? Yeah, what's a good yomtiv? Correct. Since we spoke about preparing the vegetables, I am Kippur, trimming the vegetables, so the Gemara will conclude with this Indian. If Yom Kippur fell out on Shabbos, so this hetta that Chachamim gave, that you're allowed to prepare the vegetables for Motzi Yom Kippur. So, Aser Beknivas Yerek. If it fell out on Shabbos, you're not allowed to do this. Omer Avmona. Tana, or the Bach is great, is Tanya Nami Hachi, we learned this in Abraise. Minayin liyam ekipurim shechali is b'shabbos. If Yom Kippur fell out on the Shabbos, she'asu b'knivis yerek, you're not allowed to prepare the vegetables. Tamud loyma shabbosim. There's an extra pasuk that it says regarding Shabbos, shabbosim, you should rest. Shvois, you should rest. Lamai, what is this pasuk coming to teach you? The Pasuk coming to teach you not to do any of the 39 malachas. We already have the lav, not to do any of the 39 malachas. It's coming to add, not, you're preparing the vegetables, you're not doing any of the malachas. You're just preparing from Shabbos to the weekday. That's not allowed. So from here you see, like uh, he said before, that uh, it's not allowed to be done. And according to Rashi, this is an Isim and Ataira. Taisa says this Pasuk is only an Asmachta, but Rashi says that this is an Isim and Ataira. He argued and he said, even if it fell out on the Shabbos, you still are allowed to prepare the vegetables for Matzah Shabbos and Matzah Yom Kippur. So Meisveh, they asked from this B'raiseh that we just brought here, you're not allowed to prepare your vegetables. So it says, you should rest. What is this referring to? What should you rest from? Is it referring that you should rest, not do any of the 39 malachas? It says that you shouldn't do any of the 39 malachas, so that we know is us. This pasuk is saying that you're not allowed to prepare the vegetables. So this is a question on what Rabbi Yechanan said that you're allowed to. Answers the Gemara, that's not the pshat here. According to Rabbi Yechanan, the Braise is being mechadish, that there's an additional assay that you're not allowed to cut these vegetables. We're talking about vegetables that are, that are you're cutting off from the ground. And the Braise is saying that there's an extra pasuk to say that when you do any of the 39 malachas on Shabbos, Besides the fact that you're being over on a loisasa, you're also over on an assay, the S of Shabbosan. Tanya Kavasa de Rabbi Yechenen, we learned in another Braise that it says like Rabbi Yechenen, Yehim HaKippurim Shechali is B'Shabbos, Yom Kippur falls out on Shabbos, Mutter B'Knivis Yerek. Even on Shabbos, you're allowed to prepare the vegetables for Motzah Shabbos. And it also says, Mefatzim Be'agoizim, you can break open the nuts, 
you could uh, open up the pomegranates from mincha time onward because a, person's, a person's emotional distress that he wants to eat so therefore they allowed him to do this they would um, take off the bad leaves of the uh, cabbage they would scrape the uh, pumpkins to prepare them. But then what happened was, they saw that they began preparing even earlier than Mincha time. They would start earlier on. So Rabbi Yehuda said to them, A letter arrived from Eretz Yisrael, in the name of Rabbi Yechenen, the Osir, that said that it's not allowed. So Hashi here says that really there was no letter that came from Eretz Yisrael, but he wanted them to accept what he said. So he told them that Rabbi Yechenen sent the letter from Eretz Yisrael saying that this is Aser. Ha? 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 Ha?